Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Top 10 Everything. Welcome back! Uh, here we are. It is beautiful Friday. Beautiful Friday, and it's prime time. It's prime time. This is the, probably the latest we've recorded an episode. It's 9.32 Eastern time. So Hands down the latest. Not that late, but every, still. Well, we're, um, late for us, because we us. usually do this much earlier uh, when we tape, so maybe it sounds different. I'll be curious to yeah, hear the what feedback our voices from our fans. Like? Um, as we mentioned before, this episode is without Andrew, our special member. Sorry, Andrew. This is, we're talking about basketball today is a little outside his expertise. Yeah, he did not make the cut, and I don't know if he's happy or not about that. I but... think he's pissed. He is. <laughs> there we go. I guess that answers um, that. Yeah, Sorry, so said, Andrew. For episode 16, we're doing top 10 Celtics players. This is one we knew we were going to do eventually. Yeah, it was just a matter of time when we decided to do it, but we've had this on the docket for a long time. The Celtics for Gavin and myself are hands down our favorite team. Uh, we're the most passionate about them. We love to play basketball. We love to watch basketball. And the Celtics being the hometown team <clears throat> is uh, is something that we follow year in, year out, regardless of whether they're good or not. Yeah, and coming up to this week, I was like, oh, let's just get Celtics. Let's do that out of the way. You know what I mean? Because I thought it was going to be an easy one, take a little bit to do, do a little bit to make the list and um, wouldn't be that hard. And making the list, I realized, is going to be a lot more interesting than I thought. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was going to be a shoe-in. But now I'm like, oh my, like, my list is going to be a lot different than yours, I have a feeling. Uh, so I'm curious about that because I feel like we both know the, the Celtics really well. I'm coming at it from a generation that grew up in the 80s. You're coming at it at a ge- generation that grew up in the mid to late 2000s. And I think a lot of the Celtics history was well before you and I ever saw the, those a lot of those guys play. Right. And I, this is kind of hard because obviously I haven't seen all these people. And obviously you haven't seen all these I people. I haven't either. I've seen clips and I've done a lot of reading. I think that the reading is the biggest part. And looking uh, uh, the way I try to base things, I know people say, oh, the talent is so much different now. Like, of course, um, LeBron James would destroy Bill Russell today. Even yeah, Or even you can look yeah. at maybe even like, like Andre Drummond could destroy Bill Russell today. It's, just, it's like it, the skill it's, levels are just absurd. So yeah, and I I think that's a good clarifying point because you can't compare generation to generation. You have to take it for what it was worth at the time, and evaluate on that. And that then that's put your a, that's the exact there. way that I put my rankings. You look at it and you're kind of like, look at the individual accolades, like MVPs, All NBA First yep. Team, stuff like that, to know that. In their time, they were the best. They were the best. Because you have to take yeah. each, like, I think, decade separately and kind of evaluate them as what they were with accolades like championships, um, MVPs, finals MVPs. You guys know, as basketball fans, what's important. And, and here's an analogy I would throw out to folks that say, well, you know, you rank people from the, the past too to, to high. Um, what I would say is the thing that you have to appreciate about the history of the game is there was a lot fewer teams. Two, uh, that's point number one. Point number two is they played each other far more frequently. And an analogy I would throw out is think about the NFL today. Division games are hard. Whether I mean, Gavin and I again, I've never, gro- I've never thought about them before. That's a good point. But yeah, like, pl- growing up as a Patriots fan, growing up as a Patriots game fan, against the Jets are hard, even though they were a much worse team. In the, the Bills and the Dolphins yeah, gave us a tough time the, when they were the much worser team. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick struggled to beat the Dolphins throughout their 19-year tenure together, even when they were had the 16 and 0 season, even when they had 12 win, 13 win, 14, 15 win seasons. They always struggle to beat the Dolphins, even the Jets sometimes. So the Jets beat the beat up on the Pats in a, a playoff game. Yeah. So 
I think with the playing of a team more regularly, there's tendencies you pick up on, and it's just harder to beat those teams. So I think you have to throw that into the mix because teams today don't have that same frequency that they did back then with smaller teams and less players. So a little hats off to the older generation of players. But with that, I think we've done a good job of at least – Laying the framework down, I know I have two honorable mentions. Me too. And I think okay. I, I'm i just excited because when we get to like our top five, I think you're going to be really shocked with who I have. Because uh, I have excited. someone that's a lot higher than I think you'll expect. Okay. Uh, I, I'm excited for this, and hopefully you all are too um, as we go through it. So how about you lead off with honorable mentions and tell me who you have. All right. I've got two honorable mentions. I have the boy Dennis Johnson, DJ. As do I. Rest in peace, Dennis Johnson. Didn't you have the heart thing? Or blood. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you this. I mean, once he retired, he it was not healthy. Not in good shape. Um, no. He he got a little chunky, but I think it was a, a heart attack or something. Yeah, or something that. related to that. Yeah, um, two titles with the Celtics in that big three era in the eighties. I think it was eighty four and eighty six. He wasn't there for eighty one. Correct. Um, and he had two titles and uh, one All Star appearance in his tenure. And he, what people don't realize is that he actually was a great player. I think it was with the Supersonics before he got came over to the Celtics, um, where he either led the league or was close to leading the league in uh, scoring. And the other thing I think about often is that the Celtics really wouldn't have had a chance without the Lakers if it wasn't the way that DJ played defense. Um, his defense on Magic Johnson was amazing because DJ was a big boy. He wasn't as big as Magic Johnson. Magic was 6'9", but DJ at least had some How bulk tall? to him. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll that's a good up. question. That, I thought six, he was like around 6'5". Like six, six, yeah, that's not maybe? that tall. That's, I was thinking 6'4", six, 6'3". Six, I think he was 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but as you go on Everybody's the Google machine, six, four, Dennis I'd, Johnson. I'd be curious. But he played him tough. Uh, um, not how old, how tall. Thanks, Google. Yeah. 52. Or that might have been... <laughs> when he passed. 6'4". 6'4", okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, um, he played him tough, but in, there's a lot of clutch things with DJ. One is in a lot of those Lakers Celtics games, he would hit, hit a clutch shot when they needed it, which often gets underrated because bird gets a lot of that credit. And two, what I think about a ton is the Celtics Pistons, uh, uh, matchups when bird stole the ball in that play, DJ instinctively cuts to the basket for that layup yeah. to, to put the Celtics ahead. Um, and the other final point I'd say, even though this was yours, uh, it's kind of shared as an honorable mention. Larry Bird said that DJ was the best team he ever played with. I have not heard that before. Not really. Yeah. So that, that to me says Larry Bird's pretty good judge of character, pretty good judge of uh, competitiveness and um, willingness of best players in the game. So that, that, that tells me that... He, DJ's got to be up up there in the consideration. Um, yeah, I I don't know what else to say, really. I think you kind of did a really good job of covering that for an honorable mention. So I'll move into my second, and this is I have Tommy Heinsohn. Okay. That's not yours? No, it's not. All right, so I'll talk going. about him. He had eight titles, um, six all-star appearance, and four all-NBA second-team appearances. So that's a pretty good resume, but I think at the same time you have to realize that the I think I think the six All Star appearances and the four NBA second team is good, but I do think the eight titles was a little bit of the carrying as he was not he usually come off the bench as a six man role and I think it would be hard to put him in the top ten against some of the other Celtics legends that I think are definitely better and have mm. contributed more to Celtics championships. No, that's fair. 
But I think all these guys have their number retired, everyone. So Yeah, I, I was going to say, every single one. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me... It, Let's play that game. Let's do the number game. Dennis Johnson, 3. Tommy Hansen, 15. Yes. Let's just go. Just make sure we know. <laughs> well, well done. Um, my guy, who I have is honorable mention. Actually, I don't know the number offhand. Shame on me. Bill Sharman. Ooh, 25? Or 26. For some reason, I thought 26. I'll look it up. But yeah, look that up. And here's why. Um, Bill Sharman was... He was not in my top 10 or honorable mention. So the reason why I had him on honorable... 21. 21. Uh, Who's number 25? Casey Jones. Casey Jones was 25. Yep, good call. Uh, The reason why I had him on there was because Sharman did a lot for the Celtics before they had Bill Russell. The Celtics were a good team, but they weren't championship caliber. And once Russell came in, Bill Sharman had the outside shot, and then um, Bill Russell had the low post game, which helped create opportunities for Russell down low. And then when Russell's getting the ball, create opportunities for Sharman up top. So I, I think, again, I think that he kind of maybe lightened the load for some of those early championship teams that Russell helped them uh, win. Although, again, Russell drove the bus. I'm not trying to take anything away from Bill Russell, but I'm just trying to say that Bill Sharman was an established star and he helped put the Celtics on the map for some of those early championship teams um, and coincided really well with his skill skill level with Bill Russell's, which made me think, uh, as well as with Bob Cousy, because they were the the backcourt. I thought that was a pretty dynamic duo that they had. All right. So now, all right. So here we 10. go. All right, my number ten is where I have JoJo White. Okay. Do you have him on your list somewhere? JoJo White was almost an honorable mention, but he did not make my list. Okay, so we're gonna have some differences. Um, JoJo White, he two titles in the seventies era. I think it was yep. seventy four and seventy six with Cowens and um, Havlicek. Was he there for seventy six? Or was he there for only seventy four? I think he was only there for seventy four. Yeah, he has in a Finals MVP. Yep. Which I think is big. That, that's and, a big yep. right, and I, he's a seven-time All Star and a two in a two-time All NBA second team. Yep. So he's the second best point guard in the league twice. Number ten, I believe. Um. Yes. Um. Yeah, and I think um that seventies there is a little weird to me. It's always kind of been the one that's a little stood out. It's kind of been like there weren't many championships no, in two. the seventies. Two. No, I think they won 70, in 72, 74 right? and seventy six. They didn't win in seventy two. I didn't. Um. No, I think the Lakers won in 72. Yeah, I never thought they did. I think you're right. I think it was just 74 and 76. It was, it's 11 with yeah. Russell, 3 with Bird, 14, 2, 16, then well, 1 yeah, with... Yeah, good call, yeah, bud. So 17. Call. So 74 and 76. And um, <coughs> he has one of the two, both of those titles and one of those finals MVPs. Um, he was just the, the, the starting point guard and, be, and the star of the team, other than obviously Dave Cowens, who we'll talk about later. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's why I have him there. Yeah, I mean, I it's I struggled with this one because I debated having him as number ten for me, and I didn't. I'm surprised um, on honorable mention. And I was well, that was my other thing. And then I really, my, my problem with the honorable mentions was I thought it could be a slippery slope because there were so many guys. So many guys I that liked. are close, like KG. It, there's like yeah, you know what I mean. There's just so many different people like that just floating around that area. I I completely agree, and that's what I struggle with. Is I said, all right, if I if I have three, then I could easily have four. If I had four, I could easily have five honorable mentions. And I just said, all right, I'm going to keep it tight with just two, mm-hmm. which was hard to do, but it, so it goes. Um, so yeah. Solid, solid number 10. For me, my number 10, and I, I think you'll have him higher, Paul Pierce. Okay. 
I do, but not that much higher. I understand. Now, here was my challenge with Paul Pierce. Besides Pierce, everyone else, which I kind of had as a caveat to make the list originally, had to win more than one championship. Yep. And Pierce only won one. But when you look at... His career as a Celtic, it, it's yes. kind of like, it's hard not to put him in there. It's hard not Ten to. Ten-time All-Star. He's Yeah. Yeah, it's just... He, he, Celtic for life, you know what I mean. He's one he, of those guys that like it's like it hurt. It would hurt you not to. Uh, I, I would agree. And, and the thing was, what I admired about Pierce was when he joined the team. The team was in the basement, and he fought hard. He he was the guy that, as they played other teams throughout the league, Pierce more often than not would be charged with trying to guard their best player, and then also would be the guy subject to double teams. Because there was no one else around him. I mean, they had Antoine, Antoine for a little bit, but the wiggle only went so far. <laughs> and then um, once they made the trades to get Ray Allen and KG, it, it was nice to see how Pierce um, really... And honestly, d- it's it's such a shame they didn't win more. Because uh, they definitely... They- I'm still upset about the one with the Lakers game. When um, KG got hurt and Rasheed Wallace had a great game if you rewatch that game seven, the refs were atrocious. I'm not being a homer. Rewatch game seven and tell me that the refs choked on their whistle down the stretch because the game was played in L.A. I thought it was a joke. I hated that game. All right. Boom. Paul Pierce, number 10. <laughs> Paul Pierce, number 10. Um, My number 10, I have a buddy of yours who I think you might be a little upset that is um, not higher, is Sam Jones. Ooh, Sammy Jones. Um, Three-point, um, you know. So you have Sam Jones at number nine. Number nine, so okay. that's what I meant. Ten titles, which is big. That It, it was tough enough to put him in Five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA second team. Yep. Now, this was the probably the hardest one because I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I know that you haven't mentioned your number nine yet, but eight I have Pierce. Okay. Okay. So yep. that was probably the hardest part of my list was debating whether I wanted to put Pierce, Pierce at, nine at nine and Sam yeah. Jones at ten. I would. Say I mean, yeah, and Sam could... Jones at eight. Because yeah. if you're looking at both of these, Pierce has one All NBA second team. Sam Jones has three. Well, you know what I think is funny is, and again, I, I wish I could have seen more of Sam Jones. I've only seen clips and done some reading. Mm-hmm. They seem similar, like similar players. They both seem oh. like they could shoot lights out. I don't know about that. To. Okay. Sam Jones yeah. could score. Yeah, no, I just don't know if that's a similarity of Pierce. So. But Pierce can score. Yeah, but like he's not really like a three-point shooter. Like, it's not that Sam Jones Ooh. was he, Pierce. He wasn't really. Yeah, like, but I don't think you could say that about Sam Jones either. That's yeah. what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that they they were just great shooters. Great score. I mean, maybe the be- scores is the better term. Um, but yeah, um, so Sam Jones, um, the 10 titles is big. Yeah, 10's, 10's legit. So, yeah, that's my number Nine. All right, so number nine for me, I'm going to the first member of the big three, Robert Parrish. Okay. Um, now again, here, here I think is is the interesting thing about Parrish. He was a very good player for the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. when Red Auerbach made the trade to get him. Um, but he kind of got out of favor. Some the coaches thought he was lazy. And Auerbach knew that he wasn't. He just knew that he needed a, a change of scenery and he needed the right environment, needed to get pushed. And the players that he put him with obviously led them to success. Now, what I think often gets overshadowed, obviously the big three, people always talk about Bird. You have to. People always talk about McHale. You have to. I mean, dominant low post threat. 
But what I think about is in those battles, that the 80s were the heyday of an NBA offense that needed a seven-foot center. And so Parrish was always going up against the likes of, think about it, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone, Akeem Olajuwon, Ralph Sampson. Akeem wasn't then. It was no, Akeem Akeem, was no. They played Akeem in '86. Oh, you're right. My bad. Yeah. So, Ralph Sampson. Yeah, sorry. I mean, you're right. Um, Parrish had some big battles, and he had some work to do on the defense end of the floor, and he he oh, actually man. held up really well, as well as he could score. Um, so I, I put Parrish number nine. Arguably, similar to your point, he could have been a little bit higher uh, with some some uh, players, but. I felt like with where I had other folks, I had to put them in the ninth spot. All right. Um, now we're going on to number number eight. Eighth spot. This is where I had Paul Pierce, as I said. One title, um, one finals MVP. I think the finals MVP is huge because you look at Sam Jones and 10 titles, no finals MVPs. And that can also be accustomed to the finals MVP didn't happen until, I think, 1969, something like that is I when I looked at that, it. I think that's it was, right. So it was like at the end of the era. So that... Now, granted, look at that, but none of their titles actually in that span. Yeah, true. So maybe that shouldn't be. Um, but you're trying, I just don't. I just don't think there was a time when Sam Jones was the best player on those teams, between Kuzi and like you said, Sharman, Russell. I don't know. In my eyes, yeah, maybe the best scorer. And maybe if there was a Finals MVP, he could have pulled it though because he was the most dominant scorer on those teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. The points per game wins the critics. So I don't. I don't know. But um. I just I think there's also definitely a recency bias with Pierce being able to actually watch him. Probably the only player on my, this list that I've watched with my own eyes. Yeah, that's true. I think would probably bump him up a little bit for me. Um, but yeah, he's my number eight, Paul Pierce. Yeah, uh, you can't argue with Pierce. I mean, consummate Celtic. Now, did he play the most games out of any Celtic? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I know Havlicek had that for I a think number Havlicek of years. Havlicek still has it. He he very well may, uh, whether it's games and or minutes. Uh, Havlicek may still be in the number one spot, but I, I know that Pierce was um, flirting with some of those numbers with the longevity. Yeah, John Havlicek still has it. Okay. Um, all right, so my number eight. And the number one in the whole league is Robert Parrish. Yeah, I did know that. 21 seasons. Yeah, because yeah. he, he finished up with, he had a, a season with Charlotte and I think at least one or two with the Bulls. Um, pretty impressive. But um, my number eight. Dave Cowens. Okay. Um, what, what I loved about Cowens, and again, didn't have the ability to watch him play live, but you think about uh, Celtic hustle, and Dave Cowens embodies it. Plenty of clips of him diving on the floor, going after loose balls. Um, and what's also impressive is Cowens was not a tall man. No, he's. I think he was like six nine as well. Yeah, I think he was six nine. Yep, six nine, and he played the center position when at that <laughs> point he was going up against number folks. eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, number eighteen. What was number uh, Paul Pierce? No, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Cowens was going against guys that were much taller than him because that was the that was the era when the the, the seven footers were almost starting to be the mainstay. Um, with with big men, um, you think about. Uh, Wes Unseld, you think wow, about Moses was there. You think about um, who's the guy the Knicks had? Patrick Ewing. No, I'm <laughs> like Ewing that's that's a little yeah yeah in the eighties. Uh, it'll come to me. But um, I, the thing that I regret the most is that I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when Cowens retired and became a cab driver? 
How would I remember that? I don't, no, I don't know. know. I don't know if you read it or not. No. But Cowens basically hung it up abruptly his career when Bird was a rookie. And I would have loved to have seen them play together, even if it was just one season, maybe two. Because um, Cowens, I think, still had something left in oh, the tank. Oh, Willis Reed. Willis Reed was what? Yeah, good call, bud. Um, Cowens still had something left in the tank. He retired young, younger, and... Um, that's my one regret is I would have loved to have seen him play a, at least a season with Bird. That would have been great. All right. Seven spot for you, Gaff. Uh, my number seven, this is where I have the Chief Robert Parrish. Mm, okay. Double zero. Um, three titles with the Celtics, eight all-star appearances, one NBA second team. Um, I, I agree with everything you're saying about those, those those big three days. I think he was a very integral part of those teams. And he, he probably was, gets overlooked. Right. He was a good mid-range shooter. Yep. He spent, I think, more time than most people think, 14 seasons with that those Celtics. Yes. 14 seasons is a long time. It's that's a long time. That's longer than Larry Bird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And longer yep. than Bill Russell, who played yep. 13 seasons. Yep. And we have this trivia game that we just got recently of Boston's trivia. Like, And there's a lot of Celtics questions in there. And the amount of records Robert Parrish's holds is is more than you'd think. Like, he's, like, in a lot of conversations for, like, blocks, like, games played, like, points, like, everything. Yeah. Like, he's, like, in those top conversations. And, and, and what people may or may not know is he, he uh, took judo. Did you know that? He practiced God, judo? No, no. Sounds like and, um, Tim Duncan. He and, does it, like... And I think a yeah. large part of that shows the longevity that he had with his career in that he was a little cutting edge in that he was doing stuff in the off season that was was unheard of at the time, but now folks say, "Oh yeah, well that would develop that would better develop your core, it would better balance develop your balance." Yeah. And as a seven foot per, foot person, you need, you need that agility to have a career that lasts twenty plus years in the NBA for sure. So, um, yeah, Parish uh, well deserved. Yeah, it's just an easy twenty and ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a good call. Um, all right. So my number seven is Parrish's counterpart, Kevin McHale. Wow, number a low for Kevin McHale now? 32. So um, a little bit low, and again, this I was trying to be super thoughtful of the guys I put above him because I loved McHale. Uh, loved his personality. Um, Bird always got on McHale because he felt like he didn't try hard enough. And... Uh, Didn't he like break his wrist or something and kept playing? Or no, no an- he broke his ankle, ankle? Yeah. in the Pistons match, and that probably shortened his career. Mm-hmm. And I remember Bird had so much respect for him for doing that because he said, "You know, most people should shut it down because they knew they weren't going to win the championship that year." Mm-hmm. But Mikhail didn't care. He's he wanted to win the series against the Pistons, and God bless him. He, he played through it, and then he played through the championship series. And he just what year was that? Eighty seven. I think it was. I think it was eighty seven. And they lost and, and the he, Lakers. They lost the Lakers, and he he wasn't the same after that. But talk about a guy that was dominant in the post. Uh, I was actually just seeing a clip of McHale. I need to get a clip on YouTube of Kevin McHale low post moves because he was so good and so hard to defend. And the other thing that people forget about is how good a defender McHale was. He was a two-time six-man six player of the year. And you, you say to yourself, well, if the Celtics actually put him in the starting lineup earlier, maybe his statistics would be a little bit better, which they probably would have been because he would have had more minutes. Um, but that guy was just so dominant, great defender. Um, and a fun fact that I was going to say before you brought that last point up to me, Gav, he scored 56 points 
And Bird told him he should have scored 60. And then it was, I think it was eight days later when Bird went for 60 against the Hawks mm-hmm. and set the scoring record for the Celtics. But the fact that McHale got 56 just over a week before um, shows how dominant he could be when he wanted to be. But he understood, again, being a team player, he understood that, yeah, that hey, mm-hmm. Bird's the guy that's the star of this mm-hmm. team. He needs his touches, and I'll get mine when I need them. Yeah. Is the Celtics record still 63 from Isaiah? Uh, was that the record? I don't know. But didn't he, didn't he Isaiah shoot? got 63? No, that fifty three. So I'm yeah, thinking about that say, Wizards game. Yeah. Never mind. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think Bird up. still has it at sixty. Yeah. That's that seems low. I don't know. It's not low, but I mean, like just compared to. Yeah, sixty is a lot of points. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. Um, sixty three. I'm an idiot. Um. <laughs> All right. Six spot. Yeah, this is where I have um Dave Cowens. Okay. Um, he has two titles. Um. Uh, seven-time All-Star, three-time NBA, second team. Um, and the big one, he has an MVP in 1973, yeah. yep. which I think is big. Um, he's never He was never really the most skilled guy, big effort, you know what I mean? Huge effort. Grind it out. It, um, that's like the quintessential. And, and he was the star of those 70s championships. He was the guy. Um, yeah, I just think that... Um, I think he's better than everyone below him, just frankly, with the... Two titles in the MVP because no one, no one at the tier, no one below him, Parrish, Pierce, Sam Jones, JoJo White were really even the conversation for MVP. Yeah, you can make a conversation for Pierce, but that's like a, a big stretch. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he's like the one guy that's actually on that tier, and I think we're now we're starting to get into like the superstar, like top five. Here we go. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. So Cowan's in my number six spot. All right, number six for me is someone that you mentioned earlier. It's definitely gonna be Sam Jones. No. Oh God. Tommy Heinsohn. Oh, God. Now, oh. He, he, God, the, the displeasure is absolutely right on. So let me just throw out a, a, a couple things just to see if I can change your opinion of Tommy. Um, eight NBA titles, six NBA All-Stars. I read this out. Four all NBA four second NBA, teams. 1957 Rookie of the Year. Okay. Um, he also went to a phenomenal college. Yeah, shut up. Loser. Um. But I, what, so my dad the, went to Holy Cross. Just, you know, <laughs> Bob Cousy did too. Hey, there's a lot to be said for that. So well-educated, well-rounded man. Um, okay. But what I would say about Heinsohn, which I loved about him, he fit the need well. And I think if Heinsohn wasn't on the Celtics, he could have been a superstar. But again, <sighs> you're trying to share. You're trying to share the share the wealth amongst a team of superstars. Um, the fact that he won so many NBA titles, um, he was a legit scorer. I, and I think that's the thing that had me put him this high on the list was that, again, he didn't have the amount of minutes as some of the other folks on those teams, but he made clutch plays, um, scored a ton. And the other thing that I, and again, maybe I shouldn't have included this because there were others that have done this. <laughs> He won NBA championships with the Celtics as a coach. So yeah. I, I did. I, when I think of great Celtics, 
I did put that coaching yeah, I mean, you component. You could put Casey Jones in the Yeah, you, you, know you I mean? could. You you could, but I think as an athlete, Casey didn't impress me as much yeah. to be in a top I don't know, I, I just So I, I also I, think I, that, I put the coaching piece as part of the equation for me with Tyson. I just think it's hard to put someone in the list who is never more than a third scoring option their whole career. But is that just because he was on a talented team? I, yes. I, that's kind of, yeah. But you can say the so, same, same thing for Robert Parrish. He, like, yeah, true. Same, but Parrish made your top 10. So I, what I'm saying is that Heinsohn's in the same boat. It's just a different era. Yeah. And I give him a little bit of a higher nod because of the coaching factor. But it's like it's like saying that, like, obviously you're going to take Larry Bird over. I don't know. It's just because... It's a slippery slope. Eras I, I, and like, I, yeah, I, I get it. it's it's not an it's not easy and it's a slippery slope because he I'm was ju- like a sixth man for a long time. He wasn't even in the starting lineup. So, so to put him like as a sixth best Celtics of all time above Pierce and above um like Dave Cowens even above Robert Parrish, Sam jo- or no, you haven't met Sam. You're the same. No, I haven't. There. But I, but I guess what what I would say though is that to me the fact that he won the rookie of the year in 57 proves that the guy was talented amongst his peers at the time he entered yeah, but the Dave NBA. Dave won no, the rookie no, no. of the year. But my point is is that one he won more championships and two um I think it it proves that again he could have been a superstar on another team. But like, Cowens was a superstar and he was the focal point. Okay, but let's be honest. Tyreek Evans won the Rookie of the Year, and he's not a star. Just because no, you win the Rookie of the Year no. doesn't make you like... But my point is is that he had the ability to be a bigger star if he was on another team. Okay. That, and so that's why I put him higher. Plus, I do think there's a lot to be said for being a player, but then being a coach and still winning championships, and he was able to do that. Yeah. I, I think that's impressive. So um, as Moving into my... Sorry. Nope. Uh, I'm done, but I... Again... I, what is this number five? I think it's deserved. So the top five gets real. So here um, we go. This is where I have Kevin McHale. Three titles. The um, the Robin to Larry Bird's Batman. Um, seven-time All-Star. One NBA first team. So he's the best power forward in the league or whatever you want to call it. Um, Arguably, it could have been more. But it yeah, could, yeah. It, it, that was tough And he was a two-time six-man of the year. Like you said, yeah. with the whole, like, should he have started factor, I think is big. But, um... Those 80s were competitive, and to pull three titles out of there is tough, and you need some really good players. Well, you know what I mean? Like that, that. So just think about the 80s decade. You know that the Lakers took uh, five championships. Mm-hmm. So that leaves five more years to win a championship. And, and, you're, th- wait, and then the Pistons got the last two? Pistons got the last two. Sixers were in there as well. Obviously the Celtics. So the six, the And then the Rockets? So the Rockets won the No, the Celtics won three. The Lakers won five. So that's eight years. There's only two left. You can't. You can't. No, the Rockets didn't no, win. Eighty was what? The Lakers? Rockets won only won the nineties. They only got two with when Jordan left. That was the only time okay, the Rockets won a championship. Okay. And then, so it must have been the. the well, they sh- played the Rockets. That's what I was. Thinking. Right, and yeah. so the Seventy Sixers got one. Who won in eighty? Let's do this. Eighty was the Lakers, right? Wasn't that Magic's first? That's when he was center or whatever. Yeah, when he subbed in for uh, Kareem. Kareem. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Let me let me look this up. Just, uh, you can try it. Because now I'm curious. Yeah, um, let's do this. 83 was the 76ers. I know that for a fact. Okay, but then so then it would be 80 Lakers, 81 Celtics, 82 Lakers. No, there weren't. Wasn't the Lakers. Then who was 82? 82. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Let's look that up. Okay. You're sure? Because that. Yeah, because Magic won his first year out of. Uh, yeah, seventy nine was the 
battle with the championship the, game against the Indiana State and yep. um, Michigan. Do you have just that NBA nineteen or NBA champions? That might be the easiest uh, lookup. I'm doing that right now. I got it. Okay. So yeah. So my gut is it's Lakers eighty. Eighty one. I'm struggling with. It's the Celtics. I mean, Celtics I'm sorry. Eighty two. Eighty two was the Lakers. Okay. Well, Wait, no, yeah. Eighty two was the Lakers. Eighty was the Lakers. Eighty was the Lakers. Okay. This is what I said. I'm going to do without looking. Eighty was the Lakers. Eighty. I'm not looking. I want to guess it. Give me a phone. Then okay. I want to look at it okay. while you go through. Eighty one was the eighty was the Lakers. It's the yellow one. Is the one the team that won? Okay. I mean, eighty is the Lakers. Eighty one is the Celtics. Eighty two is the Lakers. Eighty three is the Seventy Sixers. Yep. Eighty four is the Celtics. Yep. Eighty five is the Lakers. Yep. Eighty six is the Celtics. Eighty seven is the Lakers. Eighty eight is the Lakers, Lakers. and then eighty nine and ninety is the Pistons. Yep. That's right. The back to back Pistons years. Yep. And then 80, it gets to the Jordan. And yep. You got it. Okay. You got it. Well done. Well done. Um, so this is all about Kevin yeah, McHale. Yeah. And Kevin McHale was in those 80s teams <laughs> and he rocked it. Boom. Yeah. So um, I, I think that <coughs> obviously there's no championships without Kevin McHale. Oh, for sure. And yeah, maybe you can, it. you could probably argue 81 maybe with Cedric winning the finals MVP and him yep. not really being a focal point, but 84 and 86 is no chance that they beat the uh, Lakers and Rock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. He, he added a different element to that team. Yeah. Cause they played the Rockets in, um, they played the Rockets in eighty one, yes, and they played the. Um, That's what I was thinking of. That, and they played no. They played the Rockets in eighty six as well. Yep, I do, I remember that too. But I don't I, think eighty one was Hakeem. Yeah, okay. No, Hakeem wasn't there. Yeah. <coughs> That's when. But uh, then uh, Ralph Sampson hit the crazy shot oh. to beat the Lakers, which was amazing. Unbelievable. All right, so my number five top half for me, we mentioned him earlier on your list, Sam Jones. You've um, always been a huge Sam Jones Love fan. Sam Jones. So I'm going to tell you a little <laughs> bit about Sam Jones. One is, um, I, I, when I read about him, he, he was just, again, absolute score. And I think he's one of those guys who I actually would love to see play in today's NBA because I think he'd light it up. I, I just think he, he was that talented. You can't make that comparison because um, I doubt he'd be any better than like a Doug McDermott. <laughs> whatever. Eat it, Doug. He's, a, he's one diddly poo. But my point is that Ten-time NBA champion, it's hard not to have him in, in the top five. Um, was he a star player? I mean, yeah. again, he's not going to get the spotlight over someone like Russell, but he could just... Never made an all-NBA first team. You can also argue he's going up against Jerry West at that time. but Well, that's that's the challenge, right? <clears throat> but only three-time NBA second team at that. So only three yep. years he was even the second best. Only five all-stars. And again, I think it's, it's because you're on a talent-rich team. It's not really a talent-rich team. No, it, it, slow down. Before you keep fighting, before you, you, I can complete a thought. Okay. Think about the teams that Red Auerbach built. Mm-hmm. Those, th- those guys, there were guys on the bench that would have been starters on any other team. And my point is, is that you, you you had to divvy up minutes. So his his scoring could have been so much better if he played more minutes on another team. Again, would he have been first time first NBA if he played on a different team than the Celtics? Arguably, yes. That's like saying that he's gonna be better than Jerry West if he plays somewhere else. I think that's bold. He's the logo. It, it, no, but it, 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 it's it's it, there's two spots. And I'm just joking. Going yes, back here. and I do love the logo comment. I do respect. Very that. first episode. Going very back first episode. Go back and listen if you haven't. It's another NBA one. I wonder how we've changed. If like our speaking is, I don't know. 
Yeah, well, we'd have to go back and listen. As you said, number episode 100, we're doing the top 10, top 10 everything podcast. Top 10, top 10 everything, which is going to be um, sick. Yeah, so number five you have... So I had Sam Jones. Uh, and, and so here's my last piece about Sam Jones. Uh, one of the ways that we also got to know the NBA players was playing NBA 2K. <laughs> And I would always, I would always take the old school Celtics and take Sam Jones, and I would just drop bombs with Sam Jones, and he was so hard for anyone to defend. I loved him, so that's why he's in my top five as well. Boom. All right, now moving to top four. Yes, this this is where I wonder how similar we're going to. So this be. is where I'm surprised. Yeah. Okay. Number four is where I have Hondo John Havlicek. Um. Okay. I think you might probably. I bet you're going to have him higher. But when I looked at the stats, I was a little disappointed, to be honest. Um, so he has eight titles, obviously. A finals MVP, which is huge. 13-time All-Star. That, to me... Four-time NBA f- first team. Yep. And one finals MVP. I already said that. Yeah, that's a pretty um, solid resume. Yeah, but I just think if you look at everyone ahead of him, other than... This is getting a little, getting a little crazy here. Other than Larry Bird... That's the only one that he doesn't hold up with. That that the, that's the only one that he's better than. Better than but that? I just think that in the '80s era, with all those going on with all the competition, you'd just be crazy not to have Bird. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Bird was at a different level. Uh, yeah, it's it's just I understand. What I said like it's about how good you were at your time, but like to have the second best player on a team, Havlicek at the time, arguably third when Kuzi was there, and then have and then put him ahead of Bird who is literally a generational player, and we'll talk about him later when I get to him, but it's just, it, it, it would be difficult for me, even though those accolades stand out. It's just how stacked the 80s were. It's kind of hard to yeah. get those accolades. But he, and, and the thing is that he did get those accolades, actually. If you're looking at, you know, I take back what I said. Bird's <laughs> accolades are probably better than Havlicek's in every aspect other than titles and games played. So, I, actually, yeah. I'm going to go back to what I said. I actually feel very comfortable with my list, and I think I made the right decisions here. All right. Well, so, yeah, so eight-time eight time titles, four first-team, 13 all-star, and a finals MVP. Not, yeah, a bad, uh, not a bad resume. No, that's not a bad and, resume. And he kind of, like, fluid. He was kind of fluid in that 60s to 70s time frame. He, yeah. like, merged, 60, 70, the, merged yeah. the two championships. He, he's he a, was he's the a bridge. One. He was exactly. the bridge. He was the yep. connector. <laughs> All right. So, my number four is... Bob Cousy. So yeah, so I'll talk about him too. This is my number three. Okay. This is the one I'd be. So, I was. I, I thought you'd be so, shocked with with how high I had him. I can't because I was because I was looking at websites and I only meant like number eight and number nine. But when I looked at the statistics, I was like, "You can go first, but then I'll take yeah. over." But you, no, you're honors. I love it. Uh, so I, I respect that. So a couple things. One is Cousy made the Celtics a winner. Now, not a championship winner until Russell came. But Kuzi did things with that team that, again, revolutionary. Um, a point guard like no weather in his time um, went to a fantastic collegiate school, um, <laughs> which, again, automatically puts him super high. Um, but in all seriousness, again, the Celtics were not the Celtics until Bill Russell joined the team. But again, it takes two, and Russell and Kuzi together were a force. Like the, the best dynamic duo. Like I, the, I the, couldn't the, agree the, more. The, the original dynamic duo. You can argue Weston's um, will, but and, and I almost and again, I I kind of put. I wouldn't call it a big three, but I put Charmin in that mix as well. Oh, but you know, you have to say big three with uh, Havlicek. Uh, that was later. Well, Havlicek came later. Yeah, so the, I don't. But, did Havlicek and Kuzi ever play together? Yeah. 
They yeah, did. I didn't know yeah. if that. I didn't know because Kuzi's ended earlier. Yes, because he only got six and Havlicek got eight. Correct. So there must have been some overlap. There was overlap. There, was, yep. no, there must have been right. So, um, but uh, again, third, yeah. What, what I love about Kuzi is I I do give a nod to people that revolutionized the game and Kuzi. When you look at the old clips, so I I always kind of think about this. I say to myself. If I played in the NBA in the 1950s, could I have made it with my skill set today? <laughs> and and I, I don't know if I could, but I think I'd be pretty close. But you look at someone like Kuzi, who was doing things that were just so different um, and so revolutionary with the way that he passed the ball, um, the way that he dribbled. Um, I think that adds credence, as well as the amount of championships that he won, his longevity with the Celtics. Um, he he for me he had to be in the top five and that's why I had him in my four spot. All right, so we'll move into Bob Cousy for me. Bob Cousy was the staple point guard for the early Celtics here. He yep. had six championships. Yep. Big differentiator for me. He has an MVP. Yeah. The only other guy in this list so far to have an MVP is Dave Cowens. Yep. Havlicek doesn't have an MVP, which I think is huge for him. He has thirteen time All Star, same as Havlicek, but the kicker here. 10-time NBA first team. Yeah. He was the best point guard in the league for 10 years. Yeah. That's that's, that's a ridiculous... That's, that's hard a, to do. It's hard to do. Yeah. And, um... For a decade. For a whole decade, a he decade. was the best point guard in the league. That's really hard to do. Yeah. That, that shows his dominance, I think. That's a great, great statistic to hang a hat on. Yeah, um... I agree. I think that, um, having him there, I think, is definitely how it should be. Yep. Because, um, hey, I don't even know what else I have to say with that. Because no, I just I, think that compared to Havlicek having the MVP in the um, 10-time first team is just, I think, is a nod above. Yeah. No, I think that's right on. I, I think you, you can't argue. Th- this is where I think it's hard to argue with the placement because the the the, the facts for I each person, if, if, you if, can if, build a case for anybody mm-hmm. at, at this level. Um, But, all right, so that's your number three. Yeah, I'd also say, like, if you ask anyone – who their top ten Celtics are? No one's gonna have Kuzi at three. Um, I don't think so. Put it this way: no one your age would have Kuzi at three. Yeah, because I feel like half pe- the people your pe- age don't even know who the hell Bob Kuzi is. I bet. Yeah, but I also think Shame at the same on them. time, Shame it's on like them. No- Shame. All right. Shame. Um, no one has um. They'd have have a check higher if you even if you have like the average average NBA fan your age. I bet you they have McHale and have a check higher than Kuzi. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a no, but I, I don't know. The Houdini of the Hardwood. Well, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Uh, great collegiate career. Um, okay. All right. Uh, my number three is going to shock you. Larry Joe Bird. Uh, and it kind of hurt me to put Bird at number three, but... Uh, oh, so you have a check at two? You can Ew. wait until we get there. Ew. Can we wait until we get there? I loved Larry Bird. This was the heyday of when I was growing up. It was when the heyday of why I love basketball, and he was the reason why I love the Celtics. Um, what I loved about Bird was, to me, he continued the whole Celtic tradition of gritty, hard-nosed, willing to do whatever it takes to win, made his teammates better, um, and he was so far ahead mentally than anyone else on the court with whatever generation he was compared to, whether it was the eighties, even as he bled into the early nineties, I'll never back. forget. I'll never forget the uh, Indiana Pacers um, series with Chuck person. Chuck person was this flamboyant 
um, pre-Reggie Miller pacer um, guy who was, you know, thinking that he was going to beat the Celtics and was talking a lot of smack in the media. Bird hits his face on the parquet in the garden, goes into the locker room, fractured his orbital bone in his eye and his cheek, comes back and puts on a show and puts a team on his back to win. Um, again, no superstar plays through that injury today. No one does. And he's just so gritty. Uh, the other Larry Bird fun fact I love is that gets drafted by the Celtics, and of course, just being who he is uh, from French Lick, Indiana, playing in a pickup softball game, slams into a fence playing the outfield, completely dislocates the index finger of his shooting hand. And if you look at his right index finger, it bends to the left almost at a 90-degree angle. He had to teach himself how to reshoot a basketball. And so what I think about, and so he kept that from the Celtics because he didn't want them to renege on this rookie contract because it was the most money his family had ever seen. He retaught himself to shoot and think about how good a shooter he was. I mean, that's how people know Bird. They know him from his three-point shooting and probably his passing. And to think that what would his career have been like if he didn't hurt that index finger? I, I don't know. I mean, would he have been as good? I, arguably, he could have been even better. I, I'm not sure. Um, but The mystery of the index. The mystery of the index finger. Uh, but, yeah, love Larry Bird. Loved everything about him. Loved the way he played the game. Um, only person in NBA history to be an NBA champion, uh, NBA Rookie of the Year, NBA Executive of the Year, NBA Coach of the Year, and an NBA All-Star. Boom. Roasted. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so, now my, my number two of Larry Bird. I think it's a shame that you put Havlicek ahead of him. I think that's just ridiculous. I, obviously, well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Havlicek played more, played more. You might bring in the fact that he played more games and he won more championships. Why don't you just focus on Larry I'm Bird? I'm going to of, just, just, just leave me alone. Um, let, me, let, me, let me let me let me let me explain my case. Just get to number three. Your number three or your number. I two. already did my number three. I'm Do on you, Larry Bird. He's my number two. We'll talk about Larry I'm Bird. I'm gonna talk about Larry Bird. All right. Um, Larry Bird had three titles. <laughs> John Havlicek had eight. Um, and Larry Bird had three MVPs, three back-to-back MVPs, and. I just don't know how you could say Havlicek better than him if he didn't even have an MVP. But he Talk also Talk about Larry Bird. Um, Larry Bird's a 12-time All-Star, 9-time NBA First Team, best player in the league. I mean, not be- best small forward in the league for 9 years mm-hmm. in his career in his what 12-year career? 13. 13-year career. Russell also had 13. Um he was the first three-point contest winner, rookie of the year, beat- beating out Magic Johnson in the three-point contest, walks up and said who's here going to come in second? To the locker room. That was his last year that he did it. Um, and one of three years. In one a row. of three years in a row, correct? Um, I don't know. I just think that um, I love Bird, so I, I get it. And again, you, I, okay, I, I I understand. I think everyone understands how good Larry Bird is. I just yeah. now I want to hear your argument. All right, so Havlicek's let better. me tell you about my number two, John Havlicek. So things about John Havlicek: one more titles, one, two, longevity of career, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, Havlicek to me. The hardest thing, and I feel like that Mikhail was kind of in this category, but Mikhail, I don't think, had the same effort that Havlicek did. It's hard to be a second fiddle. But Havlicek did that for the first half of his career until the team needed him to be the man. 
and they didn't need him to be the man until until um, Russell retired. And then he filled that role. So How was he the man? He only won one finals MVP. But my point is, is that when Russell is gone, who do people focus on? They focused on Havlicek. Well, if he only won one finals MVP, then... But he... Yeah, but Gav, what, what I'm saying is, is that a lot of his other championships in uh, MVP potential when he's young, in his 20s, he had Bill Russell on his team. Yeah, but you keep making this thing about how, like, oh, if they play by themselves, then they'd be this good. I mean, like... Larry Bird was the best player, and he won three championships, yeah, won three but, MVPs, and was the best small forward in the league for nine years. But he See, the was also game with John no, Havlicek. No, is, but he was also the man on the team. What right. I'm saying again, hold on a second. You're discounting the fact of how hard it is for someone who's talented and knows they can be the man on the team to say, you know what, I, I can't be the man on this team, and if I try to play that role, it's going to be detrimental to the team. Okay, I understand. And th- that there's a lot to be said for that. And a lot of people's egos are too big that they can't do that. And Havlicek, to me, consummates what a Celtic was. He he bridged generations. We talked about him bridging from the 60s to the 70s. Um, he bridged Cowens into the Celtics' legacy because he was a part of those teams. The other thing that folks, and I, don't, I wonder if you know this, Havlicek's athletic prowess, he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. In the NFL, he could have been an NFL player, but mm-hmm. decided to play basketball. So this this is not just a run the mill guy who was just a, riding coattails. This was a guy that easily could have been a superstar again if he was part of Cleveland. Okay, or I, can, can you somewhere else? Me? Okay, yes. that's just oh god. Um, I just think the fact that you're saying that he wasn't a star, and the fact that he was able to play second fiddle, now he could have been so much better if he was by himself, is better than someone who was the guy who was by himself. He played with McHale and Parrish, two top ten Celtics of all time, and stood out as the best. Yeah. And he won three championships, he won three MVPs, where Havlicek won diddly-poo MVPs, and no, only he, got... He won, a, he won, an M, he won no, a finals MVP. Right, that's... Yeah. that's a, and, and, and he only had... He was on the first team four times, where Bird was on the first team nine times. And I, I understand I, what you're saying about point. being a second longevity fiddle. Longevity of career, and I, again... But the thing about longevity of career is that Havlicek didn't... Larry Bird has arguably more accomplishments than Havlicek, other than, like, total points, which I think is a stupid Not championships, stat. though. Right, because that's because Champion- of Russell and Sam Jones and um, Tommy Heinsohn and but, well, Casey Jones yeah, and but, so wait, Bill Sharman and Casey, Bob Cousy. Yeah, so, again... You're naming all guys that are all in the Hall of Fame that happen to be on the same team as John Havlicek, and I feel like you're unfairly penalizing him because he needed to share the ball with those guys. Every single person you mentioned is a Hall of Famer. And so for, for and again, not that McHale and Parrish weren't, but Bird was always the number one go-to, right? Havlicek didn't have that opportunity to be the number one go-to until the second half of his career. Can I also just say something too? That this this argument is like you saying that Clay Thompson is better than Kevin Durant. It's like you saying that Clay Thompson hasn't gotten the time to shine because Steph Curry's there, and there's so many great people on the Warriors. Or, or let me because Kevin Durant was part of the Warriors. Let me say Le, like LeBron James or someone like let's even say James Harden. It's like saying that someone who Clay Thompson has won more championships, but it's saying that he's a better player than James Harden because he has 
Steph Curry and Klay Thompson behind, in front of him, and he has so much power that he can't shine. So that if he was on the Rockets, no, he'd be I, the best player. No, I, I, James Harden's a better player. But in this case, Le- Bird has also been three-time MVP and well, three championships. You're making me think of another uh, top ten we can do, which is top ten NBA players that have never won a championship. That would be fun. That would be a good one. But uh, I would say that I'd take Klay Thompson. J- James Harden, to me, is a great one-on-one player. I don't think he's a team basketball player. And again, we're going down a rat hole. James Harden can score at, at, at I mean, you can throw 12 guys on James Harden, he's going to score. Mm-hmm. He's that talented. I understand what you're saying, who would you rather have in your team? You're kind of thinking like, okay, Clay Thompson might be a better fit. But if you ask any single GM in the NBA, any executive, not GM, they they take James Harden. So let me ask you this, how about Russell Westbrook? What about him? Would they take Russell Westbrook over Clay Thompson? Same question. Because um, I see them very similar, except James Harden is a better shooter and a better scorer. Russell Westbrook can score lights out. The guy averaged a triple-double first time since the Big O. But I, I think most people are going to say, you know book. what? Russell, do, do, yeah. Do, do I want to start a franchise with Russell Westbrook? I don't think you do. Right, but, that, but then you're also doing like, okay, then what's the difference between... Um, then now let's compare John Havlicek and like, I don't know, um, like... I guess what I'm saying, though, is that there's something to be said for a guy that gets the concept of team and makes the team better. I think Havlicek had that bird quality of making his teammates better. And let's not forget, Havlicek stole the ball. It's one, oh, okay. No, no, no. Gaff, stop. How many players have a seminal moment in their career? Bird stole the ball in the Pistons game. I know game. he did. But, so, but my point is, is that Havlicek started it. He started the steal? What does that even mean? No, it means that, again, all people talked about was that Bird stole the ball like Havlicek stole the ball. It kind of started the whole Celtics legacy. But my point is is that, again, Havlicek won that series with that play. Okay, so and that Bird. was No, that was a championship series. Bird was in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they lost the championship. Seminal moment for Bird? Yes. Is it a great play? Yes. But Havlicek's was during the championship game. Well, Bird has two finals MVP, and he has one. So he's been yeah. more important than in championships. And Havlicek won eight championships. With now, Bill- again, not by himself. As the and third best player on the team, arguably. No, I don't Compared think- to Cooley. Every single one, he was the third best player. He was a sixth man at times. Yeah, Gav, but for, uh, I'm asking you. For I'm not ev- saying every stop. single one. Well, that's my point. But I'm saying he was never the best. Maybe, maybe in one time he was the best. One time, where Bird was the best two times. And and let me just ask you one more question: Was John Havlicek in your top ten greatest players of all time? No. Was Larry Bird? Yes. That's I, a big. No, that's that, the that's big, fair. That that's a fair. And point. to say now that you're but, maybe I don't, I don't know. I just think it's crazy that you have Havlicek above Bird and every statistic other than championship because he played in the Russell era. Again, I I it's it's hard to uh, I I think. So. Some people get a little hung up on like points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, and I think it's hard to compare generations to generations. Yeah, you have to look in their specific generation relative to their peers. You can't compare 60s points per game versus 80s points per game because it was a different game. Um, so I, I think your last point is valid. I did have, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I did, but again, I think when you think of Celtics. The fact that Havlicek played the most games, he had eight championships, Bird had three. I, I think those things mean something. I, I do. 
Okay, I'm just going to go in my... In my mind, I think there's more of an argument for Bird to be ahead of Russell than Havlicek to be ahead of Bird. I completely disagree with that. In my mind, I think there is. No, I completely disagree. I, I, so let's go to number one. Yeah, we both have Russell, but but I just but think no, that... How can you say that? Because Russell made the Celtics, and Russell is the greatest winner ever. So to think that anyone would be above him, and Bird, I'm sorry, he can't be above Russell. How? How could you ever think How that? can Havlicek be above Bird? No, no, no stop, stop. No, I'm, I'm not no. saying that he is. That's not what I said. I, that's, there's a reason I burned it too, but I'm saying there's a, there's, a, there's a guy in between. For me, I think Kuzi's better than Havlicek. And I have how. Ha- I don't know if you we, can say that. You literally agreed with my argument because he was on the top. He was the no, best I, point guard in I, the league I, for a decade. I, 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 that's an unbelievable stat. But the same point is that Havlicek, how many seasons did Havlicek played? 18, 19? More than Kuzi did, and he was the top, he was the best player in for his position a lot less. Less than half so the amount of time that Kuzi second. was. How many teams were in the NBA when Bob Kuzi started started his career versus how many were when Havlicek were, were throughout his career? Then look the how many NBA, other teams there were with Larry Bird no, was playing. No, stop, Bird was playing stop against... Stop yelling. Stop yelling and just listen to the points. You're changing, you're pivoting arguments left and right. The point that I'm trying to tell you is that you're getting all upset about the Havlicek thing. And what I'm telling you is that the guy is, again, you're so focused on it and it's a difference of opinion. And I told you that it pained me. I've always had Bird as number two. And then as I kind of read a little bit more about Havlicek, I decided to give him a nod. I think that two and three are interchangeable. I, I think that you could... I think if you have this argument with other folks, there's a nostalgia factor with Bird because he's more recent. But I think if you get enough people that have seen Havlicek play and understand what he meant for that franchise, especially for the fact of what it meant to be a Celtic as a team player, Havlicek embodies that. He absolutely does. Not that Bird doesn't, but again, eight championships means maybe a a tinge more than three to me. What about three MVPs, Dad? Yeah, I get the MVPs. And that, that's every real. single stat, Bird is better than Havlicek. Again, points, st- rebounds, yeah. assists, steals, blocks. Uh, so field goal well, percentage, stop, stop three point second. percentage, so free throw if percentage. If you stopped Havlicek's career when he retired, where did he rank with scoring, assists, rebounds? It's hard to to, to contemplate the two because there was no three point line when Havlicek played. So of Correct. course, Bird's stats are going to be inflated. Plus, like I said before, he was on a team of Hall of Famers. So he didn't have the minutes opportunity that Bird did. He played more seasons, but he didn't have the minutes opportunity because there were so many All-Stars and Hall of Famers he was playing with. So that has to equate for something. Okay, but I don't care how you can say he had less minutes when he... I don't know. Because he didn't have the chance to play more minutes because there, there's a rotation. Bird's going to play more minutes because he was always the the man. Right, and I think that being the man just makes... Uh, let, let me just let me just see this real quick. Let me just see this. Um, minutes per game. John Havlicek averaged 36.6 okay. his career. Now let's pull this up again. Larry Bird. See how many minutes he averaged? Um, 38. Two minutes more. Right, but I guess here's my point. You're also not equating for the fact that Havlicek, I think, played more minutes towards the second half of his career than he did the first half. Most people are better athletes 
from 22 to 32 versus 28 to 36. How about you only played 16 seasons? That's Four fine. more than Bird. Okay. So you're acting like that there's a huge difference. No, You're but, telling me that by the end of Bird's career he wasn't struggling? I didn't say that, Gav. His well, back was really like broken in those last I two, three years. I get that. I get that. But what I'm saying is, is that, again, when... This, were the Celtics better at the early half of Havlicek's career or the latter half of Havlicek's career? Pretty equal, honestly. Not even close, Gav. They were better in the first half of his career. That's when Russell was in his prime. That's when Heinsohn was in his prime. That's when Kuzi was in his prime. Okay, I understand that. But so my point is is that you're trying you, his youth, his best years, when people are usually in their primes in their 20s and maybe early portion of their 30s, 31, 32... He's playing with guys that were hogging up the minutes. And then his opportunity came when those guys were gone, and now he's 28, 29 years old. That's my point. My point is that even no matter... Bird didn't have to do that, is my point. Bird played all out from the beginning when he was 22 years, 23 years old as a rookie. Because he was the... Because the Celtics stunk, Gav. They were awful when Bird came on the team. So they needed him to play because he was like the hope. That he was going to turn things around. And, you know, fortunate enough, he did. But it was because they were so bad before they drafted him. When Havlicek was drafted as part of the team, they already were winning championships. Okay, but That's a much different... I mean, again, we can't do this. Cut and paste Bird in Havlicek's era. And I would just be curious to see how many minutes, especially thinking about how Red Auerbach managed the team, even Casey Jones, the way he managed the team, he would bury rookies on the bench because they just didn't see the light of day. Okay, but can I... I'm just... In, in my opinion, I think that if Bird played for those 60s teams, he would have been the star player and it wouldn't have been, been Russell. And I think if you put Havlicek on those teams with Bird, it would have been McHale. Is what my point is trying to say is that Havlicek's always been the second guy. He's always been the third option. Because you look in the 60s with Russell, Sam Jones, Sash Anders, whoever you want to say, Tom Heinsohn, um, that whole squad, Bill Sharman, Bob Cusey. He was he was not the star. But and then it he wasn't trans- because he couldn't be the star or because there were other people on the team? Because he wasn't the best out of the group. I think, I think he could have been the best out of the group is my point. But he wasn't. I'm talking about what is there, not about what would happen if he went to go play for the Atlanta Hawks. But yeah, I'm it, saying that I'm saying that he was he did not step up and become the. He, he didn't have to step up because he's playing with Hall okay. of Famers, guys. Okay, but at the same time, so was Bird with Mikhail and DJ. He played with and, no. He played with is DJ in the Hall of Fame? I don't know, but he has a number retired. I'm not sure if he's in the Hall of Fame. All right, so he played. Bird played with two, two Hall of Famers. Two of the two of people in the top ten Celtics all time. Mikhail and Parrish. Mm-hmm. and. Everyone else on this list, so let me, looking at my list, Havlicek played with Russell, Kuzi, Sam Jones, Heinsohn, so four guys on my top ten. How many of on yours? Um, well, the thing that you're not You had Jojo White. What I'm I'm trying to say. So five out of yours. What I'm trying to say is that when you move, I think it's more the longevity piece where you can go with Havlicek, but if you move to the... He was not the best player on the 60s teams, and then he got a brand new era and a brand new team, and he was not the best player on the 70s teams either. Cowens and Jojo Way were both arguably better than he was, and he was still not the best guy. He was coming off the bench in those 60s teams, and to say that that's arguably the greatest hook of all time, Larry Bird, three MVPs, nine-time All-NBA first team, three championship wars, he was the guy. I get to it, To say Gav, that Havlicek, again, who was not he, even close, he, he was... 
at best a second option. It's it's hard to be the best guy on the team when you're 34 years old. You're talking about the 70s. Havlicek was older then. Okay, but what about when he's 25 playing with Russell? He still wasn't the... Right, that... Gav, again, how many times do we have to go over this? How many Hall of Famers was he playing with in the 60s? We can go over this as many times as you want, but my point doesn't change, Gav. He, he's, he played with more talented Hall of Fame players than Larry Bird did. And I think you're, you're taking his lack of statistics as a sign that he wasn't that good. And my point was, he was that good because of the fact that he was unselfish. And if he was selfish, arguably the Celtics don't win as many championships because he's fighting for more. He's wanting more points. And to be honest, he probably wouldn't have stayed on the team. Again, this is all hypothetical conversations, but my point is, is that I think it's hard for you to dismiss that Havlicek doesn't belong in the discussion. I've never said that he's a fourth no, best Celtic you're, you're, of all no, time. You're, you're throwing me under the bus because you're like, Bird's so much better, and it's not even, you can't even argue it. And it's like, no, there's actually a legitimate argument as to why Havlicek could easily be a number two. I just don't get how someone who's never won an MVP could be better swim than because, three MVPs. Yeah. He was, Larry Bird was the best player in the league three times. Yep. John Havlicek was never the best player in the league. I get that. I, I And, Again, uh, and Larry Bird was you ranked top ten player of all time. Havlicek wasn't even an honorable mention. No, that that was again different argument, and I it's a great point. It's a great point, but again, I think there's a lot to the Celtic mystique, right? And this is a guy that was the uh, played the most games with the franchise. And again, I can't explain this to you enough. He sacrificed his career for the betterment of the team. I really think you're undervaluing the the fact that as a rookie, he's coming into a team that's well-established and has, was, had won championships. I think you're overvaluing what it could have been if he was the only one on the team. I think he, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think he would have been as good as Larry Bird if you put him on the 80s teams. Or even, I understand what you're saying, but like, let, let, let's say this. You take away some of those guys, those 60s teams, they're not winning eight championships. Let's say this. You uh, take yeah. away Sam Jones, you take away Bill Sharman. Do you think you're winning thir- 11 championships in 13 years like Russell did? No. So, all right, same argument. Take away Havlicek and take away Heinsohn. How many are they going to win? I mean, you can play whoever you want, but my point is, is right, that but you're saying I that- think that Havlicek could have filled a void better than a pick somebody. Larry Bird! No. If you put Larry Bird on those teams, you don't think no. he can fill the yeah, void that Yeah, I'm talking generations. I'm talking about the team as it stood. I'm no, saying no, we're that- comparing Havlicek to Bird. No, what I'm talking... You- I'm talking about the fact that if Havlicek is taken out of that the his his team that uh, or or if you even took another Hall of Famer out of that team, I think Havlicek could have filled the void. That's what I'm trying he to say. Could, so I'm trying to say if you take Sam Jones and Bob Cousy off of that team, you think that team would be just as good and Havlicek would be dropping 28 a night? I don't think so. I like Larry Bird did. If if it's just Sack Sanders, see, I don't see why you discount Havlicek's scoring ability so much. I'm not kind of discounting it so much. I just I just don't think he has the ability of Larry Bird. And he's he, not. He's and a I'm different saying, player. I, but I, yeah, yeah, I understand that. But, but you I'm don't. Just, you don't. I feel like it, it's not like he couldn't score. Okay. 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 I mean, let, 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 up, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Let, let me let me say this. If you take away Sam Jones and whatever Bob Cousy, do you think he wins an MVP? Because I still don't. 
I don't know. I I, I mean, again, I know we're all playing hypothetical yeah, games yeah. here, but it's just like I just think it's crazy that you think that someone who has three MVPs is a bona fide because, superstar, uh, uh, an easy top ten shoe in, uh, is not better than so, someone who's probably not even it might make top twenty. What I'd ask is, um, and I don't know this, where does John Havlicek fit in MVP voting? How close was he to winning an MVP compared to Jerry West, Will, Bill no, Russell? No, no. I, I'm I don't just, know. No, uh, well, that's my point. That so maybe we have that as a follow up because that to me would be an interesting thing. If he was number two five years in a row, in theory, he could have been number one. I don't. They kept those records. No, back I, I, I don't yeah. know, right? But but my point is that it's not like he was so outside of the loop that he was never even factored in for an MVP. MVPs are subjective. Now I would say that usually is a pretty clear-cut MVP, usually with the NBA. But I just would wonder how much Havlicek was in consideration for that. Again, It just seems like you're playing a lot more of what-if games with Havlicek than with Bird it actually happened. And he was the guy, and he was the MVP, yeah, and he was I the leader of the team. going back to the fact that Havlicek won 8, Bird won 3. And that, to me, Sam Jones something. won 10, Bird won 3. Who's better, Sam Jones or Larry Bird? Larry Bird! Who's better, um... Whatever, I don't know who else you want to say. Tommy Heinsohn and Larry Bird? No, Larry yeah, Bird. No, because, again, I think and I, again, I think that those players were not as up to Bird's caliber. I think Havlicek is on the same plane as a guy that can shoot the ball, can win games, and made his teammates better. And I don't think I don't think you can say that about the other guys you referenced. I don't understand how Sam Jones is any better than that. The only reason Sam Jones isn't higher on my list is because he wasn't in those seventies seasons. I I I, I give Kavichek credit and props because he was whatever top All NBA first team four times, and he was such most Celtic games played as a Celtic in history. I think I give him props for that, and that's why he's four. But at the same time, I just don't see how you can put him ahead of Larry Bird. And I I think we should move on to the next one because we've been talking about this for a while. But I, I just I stick with my opinion wholeheartedly. And like I said earlier, you're going to disagree. I think fine. Larry Bird is more of a case. I told you this from the beginning that I always had Bird number two. But after yeah. doing some readings, I, I felt like Havlicek de- deserved the nod. Yeah. And now we're moving to Bill Russell. And who, when I said earlier that I think Larry Bird is closer to Bill Russell than Havlicek is to Bird, I still stick with that. No, I think that Russell is by himself and no one's close, in my opinion. I think that. What he did is never going to be replicated again. You'll never see it again. Just like with Tom Brady, you'll never see another NFL quarterback win six championships again. It's just never going to happen. Oh, I think, eh, I don't it know, will Brady. never happen. You don't think Brady will, you don't think it'll nope. be a quarterback to win six? Never, because you know why? Because yeah. people are selfish. And Brady took less money to help the Patriots' salary cap, which you'll never see another person do. Now, is it because he's married to a supermodel wife who hey, earns... Wow. Six times the amount of money that Brady does, that very well can um, be it. Okay, so but my point is is that unselfishness and longevity and dominance, Bill Russell is uh, at a point that no one else can touch. Okay, so now even going to the what I was saying earlier, Russell versus Bird and then Havlicek versus Bird. I'm going back to again with Havlicek was always like the second option. And I think that... Russell was a guy in the 60s, and Bird was a guy in the 80s. They were both like the faces of the franchises, the best player on the team for a whole entire decade. They were the guy. Havlicek was never that guy. No, but you know what on, I'm saying? Hold, and that's why I feel like on, you can just hold compare. On a, hold on a second. Was, was Russell the go-to guy on offense? No. And bingo. So you're making but he my won, point. But he won five MVPs, five rebounding championships. Right, because he did the other thing. So my point is, is that 
Russell drowned out a lot of his other his peers, Havlicek included, because Russell was not known as a scorer. He could rebound, and all his points were arguably within 10 feet of the rim, off of rebounds or the occasional jump shot. My point is, is that when you have a guy that's beating up on Wilt Chamberlain and is grabbing 30 boards and averaging 25 boards over the course of a season, that's going to drown out a John Havlicek every single day. But it doesn't mean that what Havlicek did was not worthwhile or comparable. It's just different, and I, I think you're missing that. I I don't think I'm missing. It's almost anything. like no. It's almost like if Bird played with Kareem or Bird played with um, Shaq. Right. It, it's like now you have a guy that is getting a ton of attention. It doesn't take away from what Bird did, and I think you're kind of minimizing what Havlicek did, but. Russell deservedly gets the attention from the 19, what did he join the Celtics, 58 or so, 59, through 1963. I'm, uh, uh, 63? Or whenever. Um, you, I'm, I'm sorry, 19, what, what I'm trying to say something. is that I think that, yes, if, if Bird played with a Shaq, Bird would not be top 10 all time. And that's, I think, how it should be. Because Bird was the guy, and he won three championships, and he won three MVPs. And it doesn't matter that his potential could have been better if he didn't play with Russell, but he did, and that's how it happened. And right. it's not playing the what if game that he could have been so good and he was so selfless that he was able to yeah, but yeah, play with other people. Like, no, because he wasn't as good as Bird was. Okay, it's just okay. it's just down no, to the, but, what, what again, you see again. Yeah, so we're looking at it through different lenses, though, right? You're, you're, you're it, based on what you said. You should rank everyone by uh, MVPs. I actually kind of do that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good point. No, but I I, I think that, that that's how you – because you're so focused on MVPs, you're not giving any weight to the championships. No, I am giving weight to the championships. This is the fact that the Bird Russell – has eight championships or whatever, and, and Sam Jones has ten championships. That's what I'm trying to do, too. I think the championships in the Russell area are inflated. I think you gotta have to take the championship with a little bit of a grain of salt. I, I don't. I think that I think a championship's a championship. Other than Russell, can't... I think you have to kind of take the championship with a grain. And I'm giving Havlicek credit more credit than Sam Jones because it wasn't like he was playing with Russell at the exact same time because he got it in the '70s too. That's why. I'm, that's where I'm giving well, him credit. And th- that's that's my point is that Havlicek proved that he could do it when Russell wasn't there. Right, but and that's but he was still do. the third option on that team. But Gav, he was also older than. But he was that's a third option on the team back then too. Again, we're not going to ever agree on this, and that's fine. I think that's what makes this. I just, fun. I'd love to do it. I'd love to do a poll. Who's better, Havlicek or Bird? That's fine, but again, I think there's ageism there because of the, to your point, the recency of. But Bird. like, even listening to the Last Dance, it was Bird and Magic, and it didn't even mention, um, Russell. Yeah, or- again, I, I, I'm doing this more as a way for us to have a good discussion. I told you from the beginning that I always had Bird as number two. So do you deep down still have Bird at number two? I don't know. I, I honestly I would need to because I think that I, I, I think need that to look honest, more. I, I think I, that, I need to look more because I, I think it's just fun to debate. But because um, if, if you talk to anyone that played with Bird or played against him, Bird was a guy. You know well, what I mean? I like know that, but I'm sure you could find people that say that about Havlicek too. You know, I, I don't know. Again, I think it's just it's it's a good debate to have. I do think longevity um, of career has a lot to do with it for me, too, with Havlicek. But, again, I've always loved Bird, so it's hard for me not to have him as number two. 
But I think we've beaten this dog to death. I mean, we haven't really talked about Russell yet, either. Yeah, I think we did. 11 championships, 5 MVPs. Gold which medal. I think 5 MVPs, like I said, is a big deal. 5 times he was a rebounding champion. Yep. He has some insane, along with Will, rebounding statistics, about like 20 and like a quarter. It's just ridiculous what they did, you did back then. Yeah, he was a machine. And he, he beat Will. Arguably, yeah. Yeah, every, everyone you asked from that time said that Russell was better than Will. Yeah. Every I source. Think, I th- and I think what's crazy is Wilt was bigger. Wilt was certainly stronger. He was a strong, strong guy. Guy drops 50 points a game. Um, and so the, the fact that uh, Russell could get in his head and beat up on him like that over a continue, I mean, essentially over his career, that's that's impressive. And Russell's still living. It's going to be a sad day when he goes. So. Yeah, I don't know how good his health is. Yeah, but, yeah. I remember he had his scare recently, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, about six months ago. Yeah, I remember that. It's the hospital. Well, that yeah, I think. Speaking of John Havlicek, he died a few years ago, right? He sure did. Yeah. He sure did. Um. All right, I think so we're done. Things. Yeah, it's been a long one. We're clocking in at one hour and sixteen. This is close to the top. We are at one twenty-five for. I think that Russell's question. You're probably. I mean, the Havlicek birds discussion. You're probably sick of that by now. Yeah, I, w- I would think most people have probably already turned off. Yeah, um, but I think that was I th- honestly, I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> it was good. It's a good it's debate. It's fun to argue. It, it's fun I, to um, have. A... I still think I'm right, but well, th- there's <laughs> never a discussion that you have where you don't think you're right. I mean, sometimes you can change your mind on the discussion. I have yet to see it. Man, I think our listeners would agree if you asked them. They've yet uh, to it see. Was it was Rocky Five. Um. Yeah, so happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. Um, this is coming at you. It's uh, like ten fifty Eastern time. So it's gonna be dropped around eleven o'clock at Whoa. night. Um, and next episode we have a fun one. Um, it's gonna be top ten Godfather characters. Yeah, I think this one. Th- this is something that Gav and I have just rewatched the Godfather movies within the last two to three months. And um, I may need to do a quick refresher yeah. on some of them. And this is all the Godfather movies as yeah. well. Yeah, one, two, and three. We should do like a joke one too. At some point. Top 10 worst Godfather characters, like the daughter, Sofia Coppola. Oh, she's stunk. It's awesome. She single-handedly ruined that movie. I think... I mean, and, and like... the cousin kissing scenes. Yes. Oh, but, God. I mean, those are my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Um, But yeah, well, we'll talk about this later. So it's from yeah. all three of the movies. And I think this is going to serve as kind of an introduction to The Godfather. Because we, um, we mentioned, I was talking to Dad, what should we do? I want to do a Godfather podcast. And he was basically saying, like... Let's, I think we should do it slow and start with characters because I think we soon want to get into scenes and we want to get into um, quotes. Quotes, quotes would be I a think, good one. I, but I think characters are a good starting point so we can just kind of ease our way back into thinking about the movie so then soon we can start thinking with the movie fresh in our mind, gone yeah. over it a couple times in a podcast, start talking about quotes and scenes again because that's a little more in-depth. Yep, I completely And a little agree. more research. So, um, yeah, every, on, everything's going along. We're um, going to set up some new technology soon, hopefully, where we... Um, Different audio recording, so you won't have to hear Andrew's um, muffled all the time on FaceTime. I don't know enough about that. We're trying but to I set up different. Yeah, we're trying to set it up so he has his own microphone on his end, so we can make a little better audio quality. It's, it's all gonna be good. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna keep moving microphones I, and hopefully camera soon. Our goal is to get better and give the not fans, get worse. Give the, not get worse. Give the fans what they want. It's what John Havlicek would have wanted. Yeah, boom roasted. All right, everyone, have a great Friday. Um, It is, yeah, uh, episode 16, top 10 Celtics players of all time. We'll see you next time. I've been Gavin Croak. Sorry to do this at the beginning. I'm Gavin Croak. I am Jeff Croak. Thanks for joining us. It's been top 10 everything. See ya.